Welcome, everybody, to this first event that I'm organizing, actually, with Hub Security called Institutional Custody Meets DeFi. I am joined tonight uh, with Ido Hellstock, who is the Chief Product Officer at Hub Security. Uh, my name is Eleanor Blank. I'll be your moderator slash host for tonight. I'm the founder of CryptoCanal, and I usually specialize in education, marketing, and business development. I'm based in Amsterdam. Um, I've been cryptoing for a couple of years, and I'm really honored to be working with Hub Security. They are my uh, cybersecurity partner, and I feel like with their recent release and integrating with MetaMask, we had to make an event. We had to show this. We had to discuss it with you guys. So yeah. Hi, Ido. Welcome. Hey. Hello, Eli. Great to be here. Yeah. So what? where are you? What are you doing? Um, I'm in Tel Aviv basically right now. It's almost summer, by the way. It's, yeah, 28 degrees, uh, it tells you, so it's really healthier. fun. Wow. And finally getting out of uh, coronavirus stuff. So start, start to open. Uh, so great. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit jealous what you're saying. I'm looking outside. <laughs> We have a typical Amsterdam weather with uh, rainy windows, a uh, gloomy gray sky. Uh, it's been white all day and it's definitely not 28 degrees, but I'm very happy to hear that you're getting out of uh, pandemic days. Uh, we're, we are still under hard lockdown, so don't rub it too much in my face that you have a life and <laughs> that you can finally enjoy things. Yeah. So I'm happy to hear that you're doing good in Tel Aviv and I think... Everybody wants to know what you do at Hub Security. What do you? What is a chief product officer? Tell us a bit more about Hub Security and what you what you do there. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll say some words about uh, where I'm coming from, what I'm doing. Um, yeah, please, please. The more you want to share, the better. Basically, um, I'm an engineer. I live in Tel Aviv. Uh, I'm in Hub Security for almost three years now, leading the products. And I'm coming from, uh, listen carefully, 20 years in the IDF. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, starting. Wait, uh, for those who don't know, what is the IDF? It's the, <laughs> it's the Israeli Defense Forces. So as a, an engineer, um, I've been uh, serving in uh, one of the technology uh, units in the IDF cyber unit where um, Basically, uh, it's a techno technology uh, unit that is uh, responsible to building uh, communication and cyber protection for um, products that we are building for IDF. So one of my biggest uh, um, products that I've been uh, leading was the IDF encrypted cellular system, which is a national-wide uh, system that's supposed to enable a soldier fighting in the field to have, uh, you know, the very sensitive information in the hand while they're fighting. It can be uh, inside uh, towns, it can be outside uh, of the border. So basically you need, you need to deliver reliable communication and even more important, secure. So uh, you need to defend, to secure the all details, all data. And that was the stuff I was uh, leading, including, uh, you know, ad hoc networks, uh, LTE, 4G networks. So lots of uh, interesting stuff that you managed to do in the, in the army. And when I finished my service, it was like uh, almost four years ago as the Lieutenant Colonel. Um, I came here, I talked with the guys, I've known, uh, I've met some of them, of the founders, uh, while serving in the army. So I found um, like extremely interesting people, believers, you know, that they are not frightening from uh, uh, advantage, advantages, um, looking to explore and, you know, fix like real problem. Um, and I heard also there are um, fixing problems of security in blockchain and crypto and stuff. And, you know, it was 2017, I guess. It was, you know, all over the place. So I jumped on, over it. Um, and since then, since then, I'm here. So uh, wow, it's... this is a few words about myself. And, you know, Hub Security, <clears throat> the team is, here is uh, built of uh, really expert, cybersecurity experts, 
in uh, the defense domain and in the offensive the domain, cyber domain. Like they really build hardware in their hands uh, with many years of experience. And we are literally building the whole stack, like from the design to the application, the API, the hardware. Well, we'll talk a little bit about it. So for me, it's, you know, it's like a second family here. Sounds really nice. It seems that you were able to find the perfect family after your years in the army to apply all your engineering background and everything you basically were working on in an end-to-end encryption and applying it to a more user-facing product or company-facing product. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So same challenges, different type of, you know, reshaping. Um, but yeah, we are taking... Uh, a lot of stuff and tactics that we've learned through the years, and we apply them in uh, blockchain, crypto, digital assets, but not all, on, but not not only. So we are really fixing some big issues of security and privacy, which are not related only for uh, crypto. For example, these days we are building solution for um, telecom company that wishes to deliver. Um, AI services from their own data center, uh, like for hospitals and healthcare, which are, you know, shooting photos of MRI and CT. Uh, so they've built the, the model, the AI model, and they want to share it and to enable the service from their own data center. So they request us to build the platform to secure all the model, uh, their IP basically. So we are doing lots of stuff including, uh, you know, crypto metamask and stuff, which is always exciting. It feels like crypto and, you know, and blockchain in general is just like a small part of your business currently. You've always obviously been working with uh, other institutionals. You just mentioned healthcare and banks. Uh, is this new, uh, this, this, these crypto clients, or are you just applying a product basically that can be applied to just many industries and many different companies? Oh, this is an interesting question. So, our platform basically, it's a, a general purpose platform. It's a, we are building it to support multiple use cases. Like, you know, uh, we see today critical infrastructure companies under, you know, massive attacks of uh, hackers all over the world. Like recently it was published that um, in US, uh, hackers tried to compromise um, the water system to uh, to rise the chloride uh, levels to poison the water basically. So there are huge challenges today when the world's getting connected. IoT connects to critical infrastructure. Companies are moving fast to the cloud without you know really having uh, best practices and best products to protect themselves, and they are putting the you know most valuable assets exposed to hackers. So there's a lot of stuff and companies that we are helping today are from uh, cr uh, critical infrastructure to teleco companies, uh, banking, um, custody, you know, some of the companies that we are helping to um, in the blockchain space, for example, is to uh, mint tokens and distribute them like in large scale. Uh, we help companies today to um, to secure the baking services for Tezos uh, blockchain, yeah. which is for those who for those who don't know what for those who don't know what minting or baking is, I guess because we're as you said you're 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 covering so many different industries, but we're we're all relying on the same basically encryption, right? In the end, we're using this. Your services can be applied to many different services and not only cryptocurrencies, and but cryptocurrencies do rely on the same uh, technology as well. So it's really an interesting place for you guys to be in. And for those who don't know what he was talking about, when he's talking about uh, baking and, and minting tokens, they, um, Hub Security has been working with the Tezos uh, Israeli branch. Uh, so that's what he meant by uh, baking. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're free service of Tezos. So, so basically, Eli, uh, as, as you mentioned, um, our platform is built uh, on top of our you know, innovative architecture that we've built. So basically our model is trust no one or zero trust. 
you know, basically all networks today are, uh, are compromised. Everything is connected. Hackers are really getting sophisticated and you, you can't really, you know, um, trust on the, um, on the perimeter. You cannot trust the server in the cloud. You cannot trust your, your mobile phone or your PC. So we've built a hardware, a secure hardware, which, you know, some call it an HSM, hardware secure module, like, you know, baking, banking, banking industry, not baking, is using for uh, credit cards uh, verification when you enter your PIN code, for example, for payments. So we've built our own innovative platform, which is built on those uh, concepts. And we also applying, you know, we are building it to be designed to the highest level of uh, certification today in the market. Um, I guess we'll talk about it later on, but we, we are, you know, we are aiming to the highest level in the market. Like stuff like I, IBM doing with the mainframe and HSM and stuff. We are doing it in a totally different way, but we are getting to the same level of security. So inside that platform, what we call the confidential compute platform, we can run or our clients can run any type of application they want, basically. And we, are, we can approve them and assure them that they can run whatever application inside, which no one from the outside world, from the network, from the cloud, whatever, can get inside and hack the, uh, the data. So that's basically, you know, when looking on the overview, what we are doing at uh, Hub Security. And we are, as mentioned before, we are designing the hardware, building the architecture, you know, uh, doing the assembly, writing the code. You do, driver. You do everything. You do yeah, everything right? from end-to-end yeah, -end encryption and, and the whole product line, basically. You guys yeah. are in yeah, full control of it. Yeah, right. It's, it's really important for us to control all the stack because there we can be very agile to meet, you know, crazy customers that need, you know, crazy stuff. So easily we can do it and, uh, and support those market changing very fast. But basically, you know, when you are uh, building uh, security encryption, there are some um, stuff you need to be aligned to the certification like what NIST uh, approved eventually. NIST is the national institution of uh, the US to approve a product like that for key management, HSM, et cetera. So we are not building a new cryptography here. We are using the same standard in the industry. It's extremely important for, for us. So uh, our clients will, will know that they are getting, you know, approved and certificate uh, products eventually. So this is uh, really important. Yeah, I think in the cybersecurity space, obviously, I think um, everybody has like, you know, the greatest tech, the greatest engineers, right? Uh, but it's always important as well to have third parties basically reviewing uh, your product and also certifying it and also giving that trust to consumers. Because if we're talking about large amounts of, of cryptocurrency for this topic tonight, but also for the larger space in general, when you're talking about healthcare or banking or other other services, um, I think third party certifications and audits are, are are very important and allow customers and companies to build that trust. You know, they're, they're not alone just trying you guys. Other people have uh, vetted your products and your technology. Yeah, definitely. And we are spending a lot of, uh, you know, effort and funds uh, on uh, third party reviews. Um, we are using really the best companies in the world from several places with different types of, you know, thoughts and attacks. Um, and we are sharing with them what we are doing, uh, including the architecture, the hardware, the software. And basically we're letting them, you know, like white box and they're trying to hack it. They can't, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, and we are putting a lot of effort on this because we trust ourselves, but we want to be sure that top hackers in, around the world can't really get any type of uh, access to, to our platform. 
that must be a very exciting uh you know thing to go through by the way to expose yourself to hackers that you're basically telling people please try to go through our barriers and see you know how we can improve and if it comes back and they can't get in i think that must be a very satisfying process isn't it so you know we are not shouting to the world come and attack us we don't like to do it it's not the type <laughs> we're doing um but we do uh um, third-party reviews trying to you know to do the best from our side and from their side to make sure that all the protection that we implement is you know fully secure no breaches um yeah so we are doing it quietly and um that's the way we do it but quietly professionally but making sure that then you can also publish uh those results and be able to show the world basically um what your platform your custody platform and that yeah so you know explain explaining the, the the labels you guys have today so this stuff is is really sensitive um what we are doing uh, today for example the, the design of our products is all complied to uh, what called the uh, FIPS 140-2 uh, um, level 3 level 4 so level 4 is the highest level of uh, compliant in the in the market today certification and this is our design basically to 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 put it in a in scope uh, the standard says that there are the list of rules that you need to comply to, including, you know, of course, remote attacks and all that stuff. You know, someone from the external network cannot hack it, but also uh, to apply um, physical uh, level of attacks. So if someone physically come to the box, try to open it, try to write it on it, try to, uh, you know, put some uh, voltage inside or try to hack it from totally different ways, uh, like to hit it even. Wow. Uh, we've built a mechanism to detect it and immediately wipe the secrets and the codes that will not allow anyone, you know, for example, to open the box and burn new code inside the chips, even get access to it. So we are implementing multi-layer of uh, security based on our knowledge and our uh, expertise and to comply to those really uh, you know tough uh, certifications in the market and we are doing some unique stuff that of course i cannot uh, speak right here um, yeah so that's what we're doing it's okay it, I, I understand that we have to keep a little bit of the magic uh <laughs> for the back end and it's obviously very uh, sensitive information um, and it's interesting because for me, you're my first like cybersecurity partner. So I've been learning a lot uh, through you guys as well uh, on what you're developing and what, you know, what that implies. And um, also realizing, I guess, because we talk a lot about hacks in crypto. We talk about, you know, having the proper security. But I think for a lot of people out there to realize that this is security that we need everywhere, not just in crypto, uh, but this regards basically all of our sensitive information and data. And um, there's leaks sadly every day and and i guess some companies out there really need to start using your services um so um yeah i think this is a very interesting topic and i think we need to bring more of the security on the forefront and tell people that there are solutions basically um, and usually the hacks that we see are really uh, human errors as well, and obviously some of them are, are due to very sophisticated hacks, uh, but human error, even at the highest level sometimes, uh, can happen. And I wish more people uh, would implement proper security, not just in crypto, in all, in all layers of, of, of government as well. Uh, um, currently, uh, I'll just plug in a little things that Switzerland right now is trying to figure out how to do e-government um, and they're terrible at it. And it's been years of and decades of, of poor policy planning around uh, securing people and citizens data. Um, so I think it's interesting to be able to, to see that this is really a widespread um, issue, but it's also why there, there are solutions basically like you guys. Uh, by the way, we saw, you know, recent attacks trying to hack uh, the intellectual property of companies that you know, uh, inventing and building uh, vaccines to COVID. So, mm. 
You know, there are really uh, bad adversaries out there trying to, to hack and, you know, get the, the patents from those companies uh, and steal them. And the issue, the issue here, uh, which is basically not really solved currently in the market, is the problem of how to secure uh, data in use. So, you know, once you have uh, uh, data, which is extremely sensitive, like you are building a patent. And so you can encrypt it and secure it. But once your engineers or your software engineers want to use it, they actually need or must uh, decrypt it, decrypt the data. And once the application is using the data while it's in the run in execution, there is the problem and there are the hackers that trying to compromise the system. They are already there. They are just waiting for the right moment uh, to steal the data, to steal the, the sensitive data. Uh, we see uh, many cases of companies that have been hacked and afterwards, you know, let's say ransomware. Uh, unless, you know, uh, those hackers are selling the, the data in the dark web or, you know, those companies, by the way, today get fined by the, uh, by, gov by governments today, by regulation, in tens of millions of dollars because they are not applying to GDPR, privacy rules, you know, uh, or HIPAA regulation in the healthcare. So the impact on those companies that cannot secure themselves right uh, are in big pain today. And those are the big issues that we are coming to solve today uh, for organization. You guys are like, it's okay, you're safe with us. You can use hub security. No, but it's, I think it's, uh, you're mentioning these really difficult um, hacks and I, I, my heart goes out to the people that get hacked like this. People are, you know, they, they trust. Why, why wouldn't you trust a, an institutional party, a, a government or, or, or a company um, with your data? We've, we've been blindly giving our personal data to a lot of third parties all over I mean, when I think of my personal history on the internet or anything I've bought, anything I've purchased, anything where I've had to complete KYC AML, um, these are things where that data is out there and I have to trust all these parties to make sure that they make sure that my data is safe and secure and that no one's going to use it one day against me. Um, sadly, in, in, in crypto and recently, there's there's been several hacks as well uh, regarding, um, yeah, people's private personal addresses um and that's something very sensitive uh, especially when we're talking about people who have potentially have largest large amounts of cryptocurrencies and now people can 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 knock on their door um so again we can't stress enough how important um and this responsibility that these companies have and owe their their users basically better protection we all deserve better protection and i think uh, the whole movement behind gdpr as well in europe was very fascinating to follow as well and requiring um you know more more rights for our our rights online to be forgotten or to be able to retrieve our data. But I feel like we're getting, this is a great conversation, but I feel like we're getting a bit uh, sidetracked, but it's, I think- We're getting uh, emotional here. <laughs> but I mean, it is, okay, fine, I'll be emotional. It is important. Um, and we need to have better privacy and better, um, not only better privacy, but also to ensure that all these third parties take care of our data properly. Um, and that's, I feel like that's what I should expect from everyone out there and even more uh, with institutions that, you know, have the audacity, but also maybe because they're providing a service to get all our data from us. You know, they ask for, they ask a lot. Uh, so they you should know, in the back end make sure that they have the proper processes. <laughs> and there are times that you can do everything right. And then there is a, like a supply chain attack, like happened in the, the solar wind uh, example, you know, you are implementing a code or a system that is, you know, supposed to be very trusted and audited. And basically through that system, through that code, you inject malicious actors into your network. You know, we see right now, uh, Microsoft uh, Exchange email is under, uh, you know, attack. It's compromised. That's what they say about um, in the last several weeks even months, 
And many companies all over the world right now, even government, you know, high-level uh, uh, companies, they are under really frightening about, you know, compromised phishing attacks internally. So those kind of attacks, even if you do everything right, if you don't protect your most precious um, IP assets, it can be crypto, digital assets, but every data you have, then, you know, you have something to keep it, even if there is a bad actor inside your network. That's the issue. Don't trust the cloud, don't trust your network, don't trust your data center, don't trust your laptop or mobile phone. That, that, that's it. That, that's the world we are living. I think we're going to scare people away. Let's talk about your product. <laughs> Let's talk about what you guys are actually building and ensuring basically to reassure people. And if there's no trust to have, uh, we are here to say that you can trust Hub Security. Uh, and we want to also uh, show you a talk to talk to you about the fact that you guys have recently integrated with MetaMask. And yeah. what does that mean? Uh, for Hub Security, and what does that mean for the larger cryptocurrency industry at large? So MetaMask is really exciting. Uh, MetaMask, you know, DeFi, there is a big hype right now. Um, maybe a short story, you know, one of my designers that I'm working with, you know, UX design, arts and stuff, he was calling me about two weeks ago, and he asked me, hey, Joe, uh, I need to buy some Ether how can I secure it? How can I transfer the funds to MetaMask and secure it? And I thought he's going into, you know, investment and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he told me, so I asked him, why, why do we need to buy it? So he told me, I need to pay for gas to buy NFTs, which is non-fungible tokens, because I'm, you know, putting my art online on the blockchain and I'm going to sell it with, you know, um, cryptographic approval that those arts my, are mine. So NFTs today, I, I'm not sure of how you familiar, uh, the guys that are listening right now. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's getting crazy. So, you know, if you were looking at a gaming industry, you can buy a, a weapon and cryptographically approve it's yours. So, you are the one who holds it and you can trade it. You can sell it to someone else. Um, uh, if you build your own uh, you know, art, you can put it for sale. Uh, and there are many use cases that are now running in the internet. And you know, my designer is there. He's starting to put it uh, for sale. And from my perspective, this DeFi blockchain stuff, it's, it's an opportunity. It's an innovation for opportunity for communities all over to empower people, to not rely on the intermediaries and, you know, the central banks, organization, like to empower the community, the people, the owners of the data or the assets. So this is really exciting uh, for us to, uh, to build a solution, to protect those organization, people, whatever they are. And, one implementation of our product is basically to enable uh, simple integration with MetaMask. So MetaMask used to be some, you know, solution from all over, many solutions out there. But today, MetaMask is basically a gateway for lots of Web3 application or dApps that are using a blockchain. So once we integrated with MetaMask, Basically, we enable uh, our clients to seamlessly use our product from whatever uh, application they are using. So it can be uh, Uniswap, it can be Bancor, it can be lots of dApps and application that seamlessly connect to our product and we can secure all the transaction and processes. Yeah, indeed. So for those who are maybe not familiar with all of this, uh, MetaMask is a, a browser wallet extension, which allows you to have your private keys and indeed is uh, the most used, I guess, gateway into uh, the decentralized finance space to be able to connect uh, with decentralized ex exchanges like you've mentioned, like Uniswap or SushiSwap or anything out there, uh, Compound and more. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, however, MetaMask is also 
is, is a fantastic product, but has its limits as well. And with hub security, basically, if you integrate your hub, your mini HSM plus MetaMask, you really are sort of uh, ensuring, uh, and especially for institutional parties here, to be able to actually get to the DeFi space in a secure way. Because today, it's basically, in MetaMask, it's, it's more limited, basically. the rule There's no rules that you can implement, or there's no multi-signatures that you can implement. You can connect. It's a gateway, but it's a very just open gateway. And I think with Hub Security, it allows for specific um, partners to still not miss the opportunity that is in DeFi. Uh, NFTs are fantastic, uh, right? These non-fungible tokens right now, basically, where Basically, a little bit of data, a little bit of cryptocurrency is related to a, a, a real life asset or a digital asset. It can be anything like like you mentioned, it could be in gaming, your your favorite Minecraft uh, tree or asset or, or hammer can be tokenized and, and can be and can be exchanged. So that's one part of DeFi. But. Decentralized exchanges today, I think I don't have the latest data in mind, but just last year, I think it's a more than a 200 billion industry uh, and, and volume and in trade happening. This is not a small um, run of them. It's, it's, it's really a significant industry right now that's taking off. Uh, decentralized finance has been talked about for a long time in crypto, uh, but I think the user interfaces were always a bit buggy. Liquidity was also a bit of a problem. And right now those problems are, are pretty much out of the way. And this is why we're seeing uh, partners like Hub Security developing solutions specifically uh, for institutional parties to be get into DeFi, get into crypto, and to do it safely as well. You guys offer up to $400 um, of coverage and insurance. That's pretty significant. Yeah, 400, for, yeah, yeah. Well, up to $400 million of, of, uh, of insurance. Yeah, we have, um, we've been under due diligence for lots of months, and uh, basically our platform is pre-approved for uh, that kind of insurance for uh, organization, institution, finance institution. Yeah, so our offering in that in that uh, manner is great. Like you don't see lots of uh, lots of uh, opportunities like this. And, you know, we see uh, DeFi, you know, today it's about um, $12 billion uh, um, transfer of assets for one for per, per 24 hours. Yeah, for one day. So it's crazy. It's getting crazy now. And what we basically enable those companies, we tell them, hey, exactly as you are using today credit cards and you trust your bank, we are securing your cryptos. We are securing basically all your funds in our uh, confidential compute platform, our Vault HSM, as we call it. So your private keys, the, the blockchain company private keys are secured in our, in our vault. And, you know, but, but it's not enough. Like basically to secure it uh, offline, uh, under the mountain in the snow, it doesn't really help you, yeah. Because and especially in DeFi and trading and stuff, when stuff is happening, uh, you need 24/7 availability with fast transaction and high performance. So we are building both. We've built a platform that first securely, highly secure with all the levels of, levels of security that we implemented inside the product. So the company keys are secure. And it's always available. So basically, that's how our, our product is working. It's uh, it's secure data on the cloud, on the on premise, and for crypto, it's you know it's it's crazy what we can do. For example, for Tezos, we are building. As I mentioned before, we built a full bakery like transaction validation that requires twenty four seven availability of the private key. So in those cases that you need both uh, the highest level of security and you need availability, here we stand with our product to offer uh, organizations that today interact with uh, the blockchain, with the crypto, with MetaMask, can work with us. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's pretty unique. I, I haven't seen uh, many products out there that offer this level of security and that allow as well. I think what's a very interesting pro uh, 
feature of the product as well, because um, I, I was very lucky to have like a full demo uh, with one of your, uh, um, with one person of your team basically, but to really be able to as well to decide on the rules. So within, it's not just one person uh, interacting with MetaMask, but it's really several, it can be several people uh, with different authorization basically in the team um, that can just from the mini HSM yeah. can interact, it can process transaction basically. So it's really the full multi-signature security level that you want uh, while uh, making sure that it's just it's easier access, right? We're not talking about a hardware that's completely uh, offline. It allows you really to be in DeFi, get in, get out quickly, um, take opportunities of take uh, advantage of these opportunities in DeFi very quickly, uh, while having the max. It, it feels too good to be true, right? So like this maximum level of security while being quite flexible. Um, I think it's missing right now. And I think this is why this is a product that, well, for me personally, I don't manage millions of, <laughs> of crypto assets of people. So I'm not one of your clients, but just as a observer of the space to see this type of solutions coming is pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. And as, as you mentioned, one of the, um, um, the, security, uh, the security layers that we enable our clients is that they can set um, any type of rules and access to the vault. So basically, if you are a company, like a bank, and you want to transfer $100 million from one account to another, you don't trust you know, one person using his email to approve it. <laughs> is that how that it works in the real world? Are some people still doing that? Yes, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> sadly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were the, the hacks also. Um, in crypto, you cannot, you know, you cannot go back. There's no one to call to to revert. <laughs> so, in that case, you need to enable specific sets of rules inside the vault which no one can see, no one can change, no one can modify, else, you know, the administrator, the one who has our device to change it or to modify it or to set. So, for example, if you, uh, if you want to transfer big money, you can set a rule that limits the ability to do it with one signature. And if it's more than, you know, one Bitcoin, two Bitcoins, you can decide, okay, I would like two managers in the company to sign it, like a multi-seed. So there are lots of opportunities and, and options that we enable our clients. For example, you can set a type of uh, velocity rule. How many transactions do I enable in one hour or one minute from the vault? Um, we can enable delay transaction. So while the transaction is waiting there, um, specific sets of person in the company can cancel it because they want to add the audit it, they want to check it. There are lots of opportunities for the administrator to set any type of rule he wants. And what we are doing uniquely here is that those sets in this uh, rule engine is running inside the vault itself. So there are some companies who enable this, this service but the rules are running outside in a non-secure environment. So if, if I'm a hacker, a little bit sophisticated, I will hack the, the network, I will understand the rules, and I will falsify and send transaction under the radar. So this is the weakest link in some of the products out there. In our case, we are running the full flow, everything inside the vault. So if you are not the one who gets the mini HSM device, it's our, as we call it, mini HSM. It's a mini hardware secure model uh, with a 2.4 inch um, touchscreen. It's really cute. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's responsible for the actual uh, U, U, uh, UI UX, but really like it's really cute. You've made it like it. It's a. I haven't had one in my hands, but it's like a little bit bigger than an Apple Watch. I want to say, like, yeah, yeah. kind of screen, but it's a bit like it has a bit of that 
those edges guys like if you're listening just jump on the website for those who need like visual support of what we're talking about it's like this really cute little device and then there's the and then there's the actual vault so the little the little device is what everybody in the company or the people that are supposed to validate these transactions and are supposed to sign transactions would have access to and then the vault is just i want to say this vault but i know it's not this big but it's just like a flat yeah it's a 19 inch uh, you know server right one, <laughs> that one's which, not as cute but that one doesn't have to be cute that's just like yeah, whatever it's black <laughs> very beautiful and it's secure <laughs> so you don't you don't need to see it basically it's you know in the back end just connect to the internet and the power and it's on as yeah. simple as that and as you mentioned the the person in the company that are responsible for approving or changing the rules setting administrating they will hold the mini hsm Again, we don't trust anything, not the laptop, not the mobile phone. They are all hacked. So we, can, we are helping our uh, clients so they can see the whole data that goes basically from their side, from the endpoint side, to the vault and then to the blockchain. Just to give you an example, um, one really you know, painful hack that happened in the last uh, December, about three months ago, Um, there, there is a guy that, you know, he had lots of NXM uh, tokens, like worth of eight uh, million dollars. And he was using MetaMask. He was using one of the most popular hardware wallets out there. And, you know, holding eight million dollars. And like he was trying to do everything right, basically. But when, uh, you know, your laptop is not secure and it's compromised by a hacker. What they did basically, they reinstalled MetaMask, like a fake MetaMask application. And when that guy wanted to redeem a reward, kind of reward from the blockchain, he tapped the pop-up that jumped on the MetaMask, which looks really, you know, looks good. That's the data, all the information is there. And then, the hacker spoofed the transaction and sent it to the hardware wallet. So the guy looked at the wallet, you see basically CG because it's all hexadecimal, you know, they don't support all this stuff. So basically he blindly signed the transaction. And that was a spoof transaction that sent $8 million worth of dollars, tokens to the hacker's accounts. So in our case, it never happens. From two reasons. One, you set rules in the vault. You limit the numbers of tokens that you can send in one transaction. You can decide that two persons in the company will sign it. And, you know, and from other perspective, in our mini HSM device, the small device in your hand, you can see all the information in the transaction. You can see the token, you can see the Um, the address, you can see how much funds you're sending. Like in our touch screen, you can, it's that size, but you can see and scroll and you can see all the data, the fees, whatever. So this is a huge advantage when you are dealing with very sensitive, you know, assets. And we know that, you know, hackers are targeting those people, those companies. Uh, they are looking for the MetaMask application, for the hardware wallets, they are looking for them. In our case, you don't need to mess with any, you know, USB stick or something that keeps $8 million. You are connecting to a HSM vault, which basically we deliver today from our private cloud as a service. We are not doing the custody, it's non-custodial, like the client has He's 24 words, he has the keys, he has everything, all the access, or we deliver our products on-prem. So, you know, we have clients, some of them want to see the keys by, by uh, you know, visually. So we deliver our um, Vault HSM to those clients, they managing themselves uh, uh, on-prem without, you know, using uh, private cloud or service HSMs that we are delivering also. Yeah, so I think that's is, a, yeah. you know, crazy stuff, crazy hacks. Uh, that's a horrible story, by the way. My heart, again, goes that's out horrible. to people that get hacked. And I guess this is 
because I, I do talk about security a lot in my classes, but I, I do try to not creep people out too much. But yes, for people to realize that your computer can get compromised, that your browser can get compromised and therefore your MetaMask, and then someone can basically reroute your transaction is a thing. It's not something that happens Actually, I don't know how much it happens. I don't want to say how often it happens. It happens. Just let's just put it that way. It happens, and depending on the degree of how severe the hack is, the history, the the story is more horrible, more or less, and then hits the news, and and that's usually the bad news that then mainstream media also picks up about cryptocurrency, and and that it's that you know, and that it's not safe, and so therefore institutionals are always a bit afraid of of tapping into this market because they think we're dealing with you know, all of our customer hedge funds, uh, family offices, um, they they want to get in, but they feel like it requires like this next level type of security. I mean, I think it does require some form of security and you do need uh, a proper CTO and someone who understands key management because the party is responsible for their own keys. As you said, you guys are, you're not a custody service, right? You don't, um, for people that want everything on, as you said, you can decide if you have everything on premises or if some of your clients can also use the cloud. But basically, that's up to the client. But in the end, the client has their private keys. They are the ones managing it. So they have to have that level of knowledge, I guess, um, to be able to use uh, your products as well safely. But it's when you hear about the, the hack you just mentioned, it seems like... <sighs> That was a crazy transaction to make as well for one person and to just sort of blindly sign it. Um, it yeah, this, it's... You know, and what hurts that this is a professional guy. So this is not a regular guy. This is, this is a man that knows what he's doing, but he doesn't have the right tools to, to protect himself. And, you know, and we see companies today getting into the DeFi market and industry and struggling, you know, and looking for tools to, to secure themselves. So finally, and from my perspective, as you know, from hub security perspective, uh, it's really exciting to help those companies. You know, blockchain is built to empower communities, the end clients, and we, f we really feel that we are doing this today. Now, you're, you're definitely uh, filling a, a need uh, because it's not, we're, we're not, hack proof far from it and as the industry grows as well uh, the need for these types of services grow so for a long time i think uh cryptocurrencies and the space in general was um what well, was smaller let's just put it that way it was smaller uh, there were less people involved um there were maybe a lot of skeptics and and right now cryptocurrencies are every day more and more mainstream um nfts as you said someone in your team who's now mentioning this out of nowhere uh, that's just but again, that's a new user. That's a new person. That's a new um, digital artist that's putting his art out there in the form of an NFT. And a lot of you know mainstream companies are thinking of how to tokenize their assets. And that's just one teeny part of part of the industry out there. And that's currently everybody's talking about NFTs. That's like all the rave is about NFTs. Yeah. Um, I remember receiving my first Crypto Kitty when. Um, it kind of crashed the Ethereum network at the time because it was the the network was so congested. But NFTs are wonderful, and, and just CryptoKitties was super cute. I actually saw my kitty from from egg to kitty, like we hatched it, whatever. So there's so many cool things to be done in crypto today, and I also see that institutional actors, uh, hedge funds, exchanges, wallets, anything that's holding a lot of cryptocurrency today, but they want to also have exposure to to the DeFi world and space and access decentralized exchanges in a safe, secure way. There's a gap. There's a gap right there right now and your product definitely. And this is why we're working together as well. I'm not just uh, bullish for any reason, right? There, there are other products out there, but I think in terms of usability and security that you're offering, uh, you guys tick a, a lot of boxes, I would say. Yeah, uh, we're doing our best. And you know, protecting crypto kitties is important. It's, <laughs> it's touching, but um, you know, really, we are looking at um, at real stuff. Like you know, talking today about uh, quantum computers that are going to break uh, the current um, cryptographic encryption 
and stuff. Is is that a thing? Because that question has popped up of, at every meetup I've, I've attended almost. Everybody's always asking at some point, oh, but what about quantum computing? Can it just break all of the encryption that's behind cryptocurrencies? Is, is that a, will you confirm so, the, the fear? We, you know, we see all over the world that um, companies and governments are building um, supercomputers, quantum computers, and eventually in the next few years, they will succeed to break uh, those encryptions that are used today. And you know, I thought I thought we had a bit more time. I thought we had like one or two decades. You're saying a couple of years now. You you never know. Uh, you know, no no one can really guess. It seems like it's not in the next two or three years, but I guess no decades. Um, and you know, the, the the big issue right now is that all the data we are sending to the cloud encrypted, you know, there are adversaries out there that are copying this data, keeping it. And once they have the ability to break it with quantum computers, they can break the encryption, decrypt the data and gain lots of information, valuable information. So, you know, organizations that are really using today the standard encryption, which is going to be break eventually in the next few days, few years, they need to rush and build their own, you know, post-quantum algorithms to be secured as even before there are the solutions to break it. That's the issue. So, you know, we are looking at those problems and inherently in all our products today, there is the basic stuff, uh, what it's called uh, QRNG. It's quantum uh, key generator, which basically enables, you know, when you are creating the keys. So that's the, the, that's the chip that build it in uh, the most secure way. Like uh, the randomness is almost, almost perfect. So, and that is what's going to make uh, quantum computers and, you know, brute force hacking very, very hard to do. But this is only one. The second stuff is to run and the post-quantum algorithms, the encryption. So NIST, uh, the American institution, is about to, to uh, decide about those uh, future-proof, uh, quantum-proof algorithms in the next few years, about two years from now. And we are building our platform to enable to accelerate and support those algorithms um, immediately after they are announced. So we are building our platform that once there are those algorithms available in the market, we can do a software update to our product. So our clients will, will get an update to support those algorithms. They don't need to run and uh, change boxes. They don't need to, to, to buy a new box. And this is what's going to be you know, crucial for organizations all over the world in the next few uh, years from now. They will need to physically change all the infrastructure to enable those new algorithms. So you know, we are looking for that phase um, and to lead. Wow, like I actually, this is a, where my knowledge stops is I have no clue about quantum um, computing, basically. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned basically basically that the moment where right now you're protecting your users is when you're generating the key. So that's right now what they have, right, is that the chip that's generating these these 24, the, the mnemonic phrase, basically, that's being right now being done with a quantum resistant chip. Is Did I understand this correctly? So all the keys that we are generating right now, it's built on top on the quantum uh, key generator. So quantum you know when you are trying to hack um, uh, encryption, one of the most important stuff is the is the randomness of the keys. And okay. if it's like uh, pseudo random, it's really you know you can break it easily with a fast enough uh, computer. But if the randomness is extremely good, it's gonna take you many years to do it. And so, is this yeah. 
Is this an industry standard? Is everybody generating key with this, with a quantum key generator, or is this specific De to you definitely guys? Definitely no, definitely no. Okay. Oh, good. Uh, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Some are All using, right. you know, software-based, some are using what's called TRNG, which is a yeah. pseudo numbers um, generators. And we are, we are using the best uh, solution in the market today inside our uh, products. All right. Ido, thank you so much for answering all my questions that I've been shooting at you. I do want to leave a little bit of time and look at the chat because I see that we have some questions. So let's see uh, if you can answer some of them. Um, da, da, da. Um, someone is asking, any ideas about the recent cameras breached through Vercada startup? Outside of not posting super admin data online, is there a way to secure cloud cams and other smart hardware? Yeah, so the recent hack is, is you know, it's, it's a crazy. It happens all the time. And it happened when um, sensors and IoT devices are connecting to, to clouds and non-secure uh, infrastructures. And yeah, we are looking today of how to secure those uh, elements, those gateways. Uh, you definitely cannot protect any type of sensors out there. Okay. But the places where there are those types of sensors are connecting to the networks, there is where you can uh, enable our product to support and uh, filter and make sure that only uh, authorized uh, actors can, uh, can gain access. And, you know, really re realizing that all those stuff are breaks. The, the, the main mes message here, protect your sensitive application and data. So that, that's the issue. You not necessarily protect any sensor, but protect your critical assets. That, that's the issue. Okay, I think that's a, a good answer. Um, another question is, do you have a bug bounty program? Is that something you do? Uh, currently, no. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the future. Uh, as mentioned before, we are doing it, you know, with professional uh, companies, um, and we'll, you know, we'll publish if if there will be any thoughts about it. All right. So let's stay tuned. Anybody out there who <laughs> is looking for bug bounty programs, maybe. Um, there's a question here. Do they also offer security auditing as well, showing how exposed the company could be? I don't think you offer. I mean. I'm going to go ahead and think you don't offer that service. Am I wrong? Do you offer? We are currently not offering security auditing, but yeah. um, soon we are going to to be public and traded on the Tel Aviv exchange. We are Congratulations. With, yeah, thanks a lot. This, this <laughs> is really exciting news. And we are going to be merged to a bigger company and we might be um, allow those services and enable them for um, several industries. So stay tuned, maybe. Maybe. Um, Paul asks, Eleanor, are you perhaps referring to the latest EID vote from last weekend? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that was my Swiss anecdote moment. Um, there was a last votation about it and the, whatever. There was all these, basically the government, I didn't follow this super closely, but there were questions about the debate was, should the government give the e-identity, all of that to the private sector, the government, whatever. So that was like a whole thing. And then they voted against it. So yay, but <sighs> e-governance. Um, France, oh, that's a, just that's just a funny remark. Someone said, France built a perfect defense against sophisticated vaccine IP attacks. The secret, completely failing to make a good vaccine. Okay, I'll just let them slide. Um, is I Hub see. Security a vault? Uh, is Hub Security the vault a custodial security as well? Um, do you want to answer that? What was that? Sorry. Um... Is, is, is Hub Security, i.e., the vault, uh, a custodial security as well. So our our vault, uh, hopefully I understand the question. So our vault is offering uh, companies to manage their own funds. They are in control of the keys. They are in control in the 24 words. So they can back up, keep it inside. Uh, they can use the mini HSM device to do all the management. We as Hub Security, we do only the hosting 
but we don't get any type of uh, access, of course, to, to the product itself. So this is only for the, for the clients. And of course, there is the on-prem uh, solution that we offer. We are not a custodian again. Yeah. We are, so building, no. the, we are building the technology for custodian, for traders, for uh, organizations. Yeah. So to repeat, non-custodian service, you don't offer custody services. This is really a solution for people yes. that want to have better custody solution in-house, basically, for their own assets. Um, one question. If you use MetaMask, do you get hub security automatically or is it an optional extra? Uh, can I answer that? I think I can answer this one. So if you use MetaMask, no, you do not get hub security automatically. Um, if you just use MetaMask on its own, you do have your private keys and it sits on your browser and it does allow you to interact with DeFi. However, you do not have all the features that we discussed today, so you cannot um, uh, develop very specific rules for your teams or admin to be able to, um, you know, we talked about velocity today, we talked about delaying transactions as well, and all these different rules that you can apply um, in your team uh, regarding transactions. You And you don't have obviously the, the, the security, right? The vault, you don't have the mini HSM. And you also you are also not covered. You don't have any insurance on your funds when you're just interacting directly with MetaMask. You do have your private keys, but that's MetaMask's private keys. So, right. um, so it's absolutely an extra. Uh, hub security is just let's say a, a, another another layer of security. Basically, MetaMask is itself is a functioning product. And I would say like if you are an institutional uh, actor uh, trying to get into DeFi consider uh, seriously having a, an extra layer of security. Otherwise, you might run into the same issues that we just discussed as the NXM hack, for example. Yeah. So MetaMask is great. If you want the security, Collab Security will help you with that. Um, Elia, I see a question from Tony. He's asking, could a person who make the rules of, for the vault get hacked and then change the rules, or would this also be multi-sig? If so, what is something happens to one of them? How do you get around it? So Tony, thanks for the question. Um, basically the person who makes the rules, it's not specifically a person. It can be uh, several persons, uh, which each one of them can hold our mini HSM device. So we are doing a quorum between those uh, persons. So one is not enough to change the rules. So if someone, you know, took a gun and put it to his head and tell him, hey, do something, the other guys in the team will need to approve it as well. So it really depends, you know, the company can, can decide how many administrators to put and, you know, in terms of uh, risk. Um, and also we offer, you know, um, level, um, I, I would say, uh, when the risk is, is smaller, we can also uh, support other types of two-factor authentication and software authentication, not relying on uh, you know specific uh, our mini HSM device. So it really depends. And I hope I answer for your question. There's one last question that I see from Paul. Um, what incentives do you recommend giving to tra traditional le legacy financial institutions? in order to adopt DeFi as an opportunity rather as a risk for the legacy financial institutions? I mean, there's a paradigm shift, obviously, to be made, and decision makers um, at these high-level uh, financial institutions might not realize uh, the opportunity that lies in DeFi as well. Um, I offer classes. Um, but I also, what I want to say is that uh, DeFi is definitely an opportunity. I would, if, if any financial institutions out there are listening, uh, DeFi is, stands for decentralized finance and is, is you shouldn't see it as a threat. Uh, you should see it just as a, another place to explore another land of opportunity. It's, I, don't, I don't offer investment advice, but it's definitely a place which is bubbling with innovation. And uh, there's beautiful communities out there that are building use, beautiful use cases as well. Um, it's the, it is the land of the wild west, but with unicorns and rainbows and hacks. So uh, do it safely uh, and 
maybe offer that exposure to your traditional clients that would not want to miss um, on these opportunities. But I'll, uh, it's a, I'll leave it there. <laughs> Ido's yeah. nodding. He's like, okay. <laughs> uh, another question. Can transactions be confirmed remotely? Yeah. Definitely. I want to say yes. Because the miniatures, yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, so Charles, basically when you are, you know, let's say you are using a Uniswap on top of the MetaMask and you want to, to change between or add liquidity, whatever. Once you're doing that, um, a message sent through the MetaMask to our vault, HSM, and requires your uh, specific approval for that. Basically, you can set a rule that it will sign and approve automatically. If you know you want to trade fast and set a rule that, you know, smaller amount of transaction will be automatically approved and you, you can run uh, algo trading and stuff. But if it's a risky stuff, you can decide, okay, I want to visually approve the transaction. So you get a notification to your um, to your MetaMask or to your mobile phone. We, we deliver also our mobile application. And you physically can approve it on the mini HSM device. Like the mini HSM device, we didn't mention it. It's connect to your laptop or your mobile phone through a Bluetooth or USB. And you can see on the screen all the details of the transaction and you approve it with your PIN code. So once you set it up, you choose your PIN code. You are the only one in the world who knows the PIN code and only you can approve specific transaction. So yeah, you can uh, confirm transaction remotely, definitely, and online. I'm sorry, guys, I've lost you. I think I, you can still hear me, <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I lost the sound because I just switched and I was checking also the, the YouTube channel. I think we're going to close the event right now. Um, thank you, everybody, for your questions, and I thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions, obviously, or if you want to rewatch this, it will be available on YouTube under the Hub Security uh, YouTube channel. If you would like to get in touch with myself, uh, my name again is Eleanor Blank. I'm the founder of CryptoCanal.org. If you want to check me out, I offer education and marketing and business development solutions. And it's been a pleasure, Ido, to host this event with you. Um, thank you so much. And uh, I'm really happy that you guys are considering crypto and offering solutions like this uh, and integrating with MetaMask, I think is a, is a big step. So. Hopefully, this is uh, the next big step for institutionals to step into this uh, industry. Thanks, Ellie. It was great talking with you, and thanks for everyone for joining. <laughs>